The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Today's guest, Chris Batts, tried to kill himself five years ago at the age of 24 by throwing himself out of a moving car. In the process, he had a near-death experience that changed his life. Chris writes about himself, I grew up without a mom and dad and was in the system since I was six months old. My family that I did know was uh, Christian and believed no other religion was right. I had many questions about who God really was. I was very suicidal and wanted to kill myself ever since I was in the sixth grade. Years later, I had a near-death experience at the age of 24. I tried to kill myself by jumping out of a moving car, and after that happened, I heard from God and met my guardian angels. My main message is for people who feel suicidal, and that message is, you are loved. Chris, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you, thank you. It's good to good to hear your voice. Um, Chris, tell us a little about the system and your and your life growing up, and and uh yeah well um i was in the, the system since i was about i guess six months old because what ended up happening is my mom threw me in a dumpster at six months and she lost me wow. to a you know a court judge and um what ended up happening was i started staying with my grandma then she got sick then i had moved from my grandma to go stay with my other aunt that you know, that's, that's where I was started to be in the system, is when I was with her. And, um, yeah, I was just really suicidal for a long time because of the situation that I was in. The house that I was in was horrible. The people there were, they treated me horrible. And they got this check every month to take care of me, which i never seen it. They always gave it to their kid. Mm. And um, they would always tell me, like discouraging things like you're so fat you you're so ugly you know you're gonna be like your mom which they know i didn't know you know and a lot of a lot of years of that just led me to being very depressed and suicidal and right. at the same time with my mom any like whenever i would talk to her occasionally she never had anything good to say either all she would tell me is i wish i would have aborted you wow yeah. So, so I can see why you were so depressed. What what, yeah. what was school like? Did did you have any friends at school? Okay, well, in elementary, not exactly, because when you're a kid, you you know, you do kid things and that's how I was. So the thing was, I was kind of I would always get in trouble for talking in class cuz I had ADHD and I would always get in trouble for talking in class and I I couldn't control it. So then I get home and just get my just get beat like really bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For talking in class when they knew I couldn't control it when the you know my family knew I couldn't control this at school i I didn't really start getting popular till I guess maybe ninth to eighth grade or something like that, mm-hmm. but before then, I was always getting in fights at school and always depressed and always wondered you know what it would be like to have my mom and dad too like a lot of or just a family period like other people at school would like people's aunts and uncles 
they would encourage them and all that stuff. And I say, man, I wish I had a family that actually hugged me and told me I can do it. Now, you said the family that you did know of was Christian. Did you get any uh, Christian uh, education, Sunday school or anything like that? Oh, man, every Monday, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Saturday, we were always in church. And um, are, if not in church, doing Bible studies or if not going to Sunday school, it was always something involved with church, which always made me confused about religion because the people that I was living with you don't treat people you don't treat a little child like this and you're Christian you know what I mean like they were horrible to me they always beat me for no reason and then I would stay in my room and they would never buy me toys as when I was a young kid so I would always like play like with my colored pencils and stuff like that because I didn't have any toys hmm. now uh, what did you what did you think about um, all this well, let me ask you the first. What uh, what kind of church was it? Was it a uh, evangelical or was it Catholic? Baptist, what? Baptist, Baptist Christian. Ba- Baptist. And did you find any comfort in that, or was it just kind of stressful? To be honest with you, I hated it. I um, it, it confused <laughs> me because, like I said, I had my own um, I had my own impression of what religion was because of the people I lived with, and then at the same time, the churches that we would go to there at these churches were just like them Mm. so i'm like how can somebody be christian but yet they hurt people on purpose or they lie on you they talk about you on the phone they do all this stuff they're not supposed to do intentionally but yet they still go to church and say okay well god is good Mm. have you met other people who grew up the way you did i mean in foster care or uh you know going through that kind of stress I know a few foster kids. Um, I had a few kids that were, I mean, a few friends that were in the system as a kid. And they would tell me that their foster parents would buy them clothes. They would, even though they weren't so nice a lot of the times, because a lot of the foster parents only want money. But they said even they would get new clothes and shoes, and they would actually eat a lot of the times. And a lot of times I would go to bed hungry. There's times that I, w- I had holy clothes, never had jackets in the winter time. That's how it was. They they fi- they told me that I don't deserve new clothes. Mm. So, like but you, did you have uh, foster brothers and sisters who were... Um, Cause, well, part- I had cousins that lived there. And the only... They were... Because um, I, I was with my aunt and uncle, okay? And the only right. people... There were four. There were five of us, actually. And the only... Like, the only one that stayed until they were 18 was their son that they had together. But the other kids were just their kids from separate relationships, and then they had me, just the outsider, the complete outsider. Mm. So they treated those kids differently from the way they treated you? No, they treated their their kid differently than they did all of us. All of us had that, except for their child. Their child was the spoiled one. Their child is the one they spent the money that they got from me, they spent it on him. So he had the $120 shoes and all the clothes and jackets. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't have anything at all. Wow. Just I would get his old hand-me-down clothes, the ones with the holes in them. They say I didn't deserve to get new clothes. Hmm. Um, Now, you did hear from your biological mom from time to time. Uh, Right. but she never, uh, she never wanted to, um, 
be your mother, huh? No, she told me when I was five years old. I asked her, why did you throw me in the dumpster? And she said, I didn't want you at the time. That's why. And she said, I still don't, and you're not my son. Do not call me your mom. Wow. But then when you were, um, when you tried to kill yourself later on, um, you were talking to her on the phone, weren't you? Right. And she, somehow she got my number, and it's been about five, six years since I had talked to her. That, uh-huh. you know, that day, I mean. And, um, so I figured, okay, well, maybe she wants to apologize or something, right? Wrong. I was so wrong. She, um, she said, I just called to tell, I got your, your number from your grandma. I called to tell you that you're not my son, and I wish I never had you. Don't you ever call me your mom. If you have kids, don't claim me as your grandparents. That's what she was saying. She, she went out of her way to call you to say yes. all this. Yes. All this mean stuff. Wow. Yes. Were you, were you in the car with somebody else? Yes, I was in the passenger seat, and one of my friends were in the driver's seat. I see. So they and had no clue. So I was talking to my mom on the phone while she's telling me all this, which, mind you, I'm already feeling suicidal anyway and depressed because of the hard life I had already. Right. So as soon as she said, you're not my son, that's when I just threw the phone out the window and said, F this, and opened the car and jumped out as soon as my friend turned the corner. Wow. How, fa- how fast do you think you were going at the t- time you jumped? I was asked that question before, and I have no clue. I mean, my mind, I mean, I'm mm. sure it wasn't It wasn't going slow, I'm going to tell you that. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I really wouldn't know the speed, maybe about 40 miles, I'm guessing. I'm not sure. My mind was in a completely different state. I wasn't concerned about how fast the car was going. Of course. So yeah. how did you land? I mean, did you hit your head, or what they happened did. to you? My face, there was my, the front of my face was kind of messed up. So I don't know how that happened, but all I remember was hitting the back of my head on the concrete. I do remember that very vaguely. And um, I just heard this boom that hit the back of my head. And that's when I said, oh, that hurt. That's when my NDE started. Wow. Well, tell us about, tell us the, uh, the what you saw in your NDE. Okay, well, basically what ended up happening, I felt like I was, yanking myself out of my body and um there was something that was telling me like i wouldn't do that i wouldn't try to get up so i'm like huh so i'm knowing me i'm just a hard head so i was like i want to get up anyway i'm just going to get up and go walk home because i thought i was in my body i wasn't and, um i ended up trying to walk and then next thing you know it's like this big dark void then i hear from god that's when god's telling me like god oh the first thing because i had a bunch of questions in my mind and god our god our source whatever you want to call it it answered all my questions like that i had before i asked so the way he introduced himself to me was i am god yes i am real yes angels are real they're a gift from me you want to meet them and i was like no i don't want to meet them and, you know, because I didn't believe in angels at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and oh, mind you, I didn't see God's face. I didn't see him. It's just I felt him. You, that presence is there and you hear him. So you know mm-hmm. it's God. And, um, yeah, so after that, he's just telling me that he loves me. And I, I felt like I didn't deserve to be in his presence. So he's telling me, you know, I deserve to be there. Everybody loves everybody. And 
basically, it seemed so easy that it was unbelievable. Like, I knew if I went back and told Christian people this, they would say, oh, you met a demon, you know? But, um, so after that, he was telling me that, oh, one thing I asked him, I said, um, can you please tell me how am I supposed to describe you when I go back, when people ask about you, how do I, you know, like describe you so he just gives me I felt him like get on his knee and then get down to my level and then gives me this big hug I felt it then after that he says tell everyone that I love them mm. so I'm like wow that's what you want me to ex- explain you like you know and he's just like yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> so well now, was your physical body unconscious while this was happening? Were you out? Of, were you oh, yeah. having an out-of-body experience? I was completely out of my body at this point. Okay, but yeah, you didn't. So, you didn't see um, God. No, no, because it was too. Felt his presence. See, God knows you, and so He knew if I would have seen His face, it would have been way too much. It's too powerful. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have survived it. That's why. But he came. Was there the was there a sense of light around you? Did you feel a, um, a any kind of environmental stuff? Like, uh, well, a bright light is what some people at this point. No, was. at this point, I just felt in. I just felt a bunch. I felt like light, like on my feet, like my body felt light. Ah. So then, and I just knew. I just I just seen cloud, like this white clouds. That's where we were in, like cloud. So then next thing you know, a second later, boom, there I am looking at my angels, my guardian angels. Now these I seen face to face. I actually seen them just like I look at anything else. And um, it freaked me out at first, and they had to calm me down. And they were like, it's okay, it's okay. You know, we're your, your angels, it's okay. Um, calm down and... Um, that's when they just told me, um, you got a lot to do for so many people. And, um, yeah, they told me that there's a lot of, there's a world's going to change a lot. They told me a lot of things. They told me that, you know, God loves us. A lot of people don't think so. Um, and then they told me to look down at my body. So I did. I looked down and they said, no, really look. So I looked and there was a paramedics all over my body trying to resuscitate me. So I was like, oh, this stuff really does happen. Hmm. Now, did you see uh, the angels, or did you just, like God, did you just feel their presence? Oh, no, 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 I seen them. I was, they had, both of them had, like, one of their arms around each side of my arm. Like, one of them was on each side. So I actually hmm. seen them, and they were big. They were huge. Did they, did they, uh... Look like, you know, our ordinary descriptions of angels that have wings and that sort of thing? Wings, yeah. They reminded me, they reminded me of a a human version with wings. That's, well, or should I say the one on my right side? That's what he was more human than anything. But he had like Uh huge wings of a a red flannel shirt rolled up to it with the sleeves rolled up to his, his, um, his, um, elbows. And then, like, blue jeans on, and I looked, and I seen his wings were huge, like this grayish color, and it was, it didn't, I say his height was maybe, like, eight feet, six to nine feet tall, wow. and the wings were maybe about five to six feet. I remember the first, and he was really huge, like, really muscular, 
so I thought he reminded me like a, of a construction worker, and I was like, wow, if you put one foot on the ground, then it'll destroy like half my city. Like they're that they're that powerful. And the one on my left side was kind of mean, and he he was more of like a kind of a creature with wings. He wasn't exactly human, and um. It was just like a creature with wings. And then he, he was, like, really frustrated with me because I tried to kill myself. So he looks at me. He's all like, are you sure you want to go? Huh. Like, in a stern way. And then he's like, then one on my right side, that's when the one on my right started telling me I got so much to do for so many people. And I didn't know what that meant at that time. But that was the key thing that I heard, is you had so much to do for so many people. It sounds almost like our guardian angels are play good cop, bad cop. But yeah. the guy on your right was was much more sympathetic to your situation, while the guy yeah. on your left was I paid more cr- criticizing you. Yeah, I paid more attention to the one on my right because he was like more patient <laughs> with me and nice. I thought the one on my left was going to kill me because they look scary. They really do, but they they're filled with so much love. They have they both have patience with me. Yeah. Now, the one on your left, was he as big as the one on your right? Big, bigger. I think, honestly, he was bigger. Wow. Bigger. Interesting. Yeah, more powerful, more bigger, but he was so goofy. Like, it's like, I didn't know angels can be like that. Like, they can make you laugh. <laughs> did Did they make you laugh? Well, that day, no. That day, no. But I've had a, a good relationship with them after that day. I've, have they? Have you? Uh, how have you experienced them after that date? I mean, have they appeared to you, or is it just uh, oh, they just, just something that you sense? They talk to me all the time. I don't see they them. Do. Only reason is because I don't want to see them until you know I actually go for real this time. So I told them I don't want to see their faces until I see them, like till I leave this earth again, and they respect that. And also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I told them that I'd rather not know their names until I see them again, and they respected that. But they talk to me all the time. They teach me things. They, Yeah, they, they're always talking to you. Do they give you any idea of the future, what might happen in the future? Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um. But it's funny because it's not about things you think. It's more about, like, the government, like, stuff that's going to happen with the world. And they kind of show me things that other countries are going through. Mm. What's going to happen with our country? A bunch of turmoil, I'll tell you that. It's um, There's a bunch of rumors going on. I shouldn't even speak on it, but there's a bunch of rumors going on about how they think that FEMA camps are going to be here and all that stuff. And I, I asked them if that's true. Show me, and they showed me it's it's real. It's real. There there's some states that have all these caskets around there for no reason. Now, mind you, I know it's my angels telling me this because they they told me to if I want them to teach me to be like them to clear my mind of everything I have ever known. So I did, and that's one of the things that they. They show me, like, they'll lead me to watch certain videos or to read certain things in the news. And I'm like, wow, so this stuff is really true. And they still think that um, you can be of help 
to the world or to yeah. individuals, in this, uh, because even with all this chaos coming? There, the reason, and I, I don't want to say this like to categorize like NDE people or like, should I say NDE years or like spiritual people, is just that there's a lot of people, and especially now during this transformation age, there's a lot of people that are starting to be enlightened. There's a lot of people that are starting to kind of see the light now. And um, there's a lot of people that are going to need help with spirituality. Like when times get real bad and everybody's dad's the best jobs now and everybody that's in good positions now, there's going to be a lot of people that are really down on their look in the future. And the only help they're going to be able to get is from spiritual people. Like their spirituality is going to be like all they have. So they're going to be leaning towards the spiritual people, the ones that don't really fear death or the ones that actually been to the other side and came back. It's something about somebody like that changes their thinking versus someone who doesn't believe in any of that at all. Right. Now I've had, you know, I talk to a lot of people who've had near-death experience, uh, especially as a chaplain in, in, at the hospital, there are so many in this country, they've done surveys, they say maybe 770 people a day in just in the U.S. can have uh, near experience, near-death experiences. And I think of it sort of like God's seminary, that that those people are being trained to be spiritual leaders. Right. Do you get any, any feedback from your angels that this is something that could happen, that the NDEers of the world could get together and really start to make a change? For the Definitely. better? Definitely. Oh yeah. That's and, they, and how they, how are how are we gonna do that? <laughs> what's the, the what's is, the mechanism for doing that? I don't know. That's the thing. I have certain questions. I wanna know everything now and my angels know me. I wanna know everything right now, but they 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 tell me to just relax. Let's just take this thing slow, let's take this step by step, day by day, and when when the time comes the right people will be equipped to help, you know, the people that they're supposed to help. And this, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are spiritually dead out there and they don't have any hope or they don't know what to believe. They don't know what's going to happen and they don't, they're not really at peace. And that's what, um, I guess that's what a lot of the spiritual slash indie ears are supposed to. The people, because see, indie ears are looked at by religious people as like scum. They don't believe anything we say because we're not religious. And most people that have NDE, they change their religion or they just don't believe in religion at all after their NDE. And they just believe in the universal love, the universal love that religion uh, shuns. Yeah. Well, religions tend to to want to be uh, um, authoritarian and um, and exclusive, you know, so that Christians say, well, Christianity is the only way, or yes. Muslims say, you know, uh, that's the only way. And, I've and been, um, I've we, been to we churches have, that told me Catholic churches were wrong. Well, uh, I think that ex- exclusivity of religions is wrong. I mean, we should all be re- recognizing that God is love and acting that way. But you know what most religions do? They give all credit to Satan. 
the evil one. That's what they concentrate more on. They don't give God enough credit. Oh, they think there's more evil in the world than good? Yes, the churches I've been to, all the, I've even been to Pentecostal Christian churches, and there's the same people telling me not to talk to certain people to shake the girl's hand because giving a hug is too sexual, but yet the same pastor is sleeping with one of the members of the, um, of, of the, the chairman board or whatever you call it, and it's like they get caught, mm-hmm. and this happened a few times at that church, but these are the same people that are condemning me to hell, saying that I'm going to burn, and let me pray for you. Do you think I want them to pray for me? Yeah. Well, you know, Jesus saw the same hypocrisy uh, amongst the priests of the temple. He was always criticizing them as uh, being hypocrites. Yeah. And I guess that that problem is still going on. It is. Well, how soon are these uh, FEMA camps and all of the suppression going to come about? You know what? To be honest with you, it's a lot sooner than we think, and it's all, it's already starting to happen right now. Like a lot of the military are even starting to practice their um, like when people are running up the hills and all that stuff. There are certain militaries way out there in the hills, in the mountains and stuff that are practicing like shooting and practicing for when all the tanks are coming in. They're already doing that now. You can you can go on Google and find that. Um, I don't really talk about it much because, like, I do YouTube videos about stuff that, like, I learn from my angels and all that because there's so much stuff my angels tell me I can't keep it in or else I'll go crazy. So I do YouTube videos. And, oh, well, t- tell us uh, tell us how people could uh, uh, access your YouTube videos. Well, they could go um, – when they go on YouTube, just go on no bad. That's one word. No, no bad. bad. Uh-huh. Okay. And then, N O B A D. Yeah, N O B A D. I know that. Yeah, A D. And then the second word is, is like space. Then the second word is Vibes TV. V I B E S T V. So it's no bad Vibes TV. And how many viewers are you getting? You, do you get a, a count of how many people are watching? I just started four months ago with my uh, story that, you know, getting out my story. And, um, so now I'm at like 35 subscribers. Um, I actually have my full near-death experience on there. That one has about 4,200 something views. Um, that's like the best. That's like the most views though. Is like 4,000 something. Hmm. Well, that's uh, that's uh, people are very interested in near-death experience. Yeah. And it's not yeah. it's not only the people that have had the an experience themselves. It's also uh, people who may not have any particular religion to, you know, no church to go to on Sunday, but they feel there's a powerful spiritual presence in their lives, and they just want to know more about it. And oh, so uh, one more thing. we get a lot of people looking up NDEs. Yeah. I was going to say one more thing. Uh, yes. I have a Facebook that it kind of, I kind of talk about things like spiritual things that my angels tell me too. My uh in my uh link to my YouTube is on my Facebook page too. Uh, so would they just look up would they look up no bad again or would they well, look no, up on your Facebook? Name? Well on Facebook they would just put Chris space N D E. That's it. Okay. So it's just Chris N D E. That's honestly the best way to get a hold of me is Facebook. Because then right. they can message me and ask me questions, and I can, you know, 
I can answer. So if there's somebody listening right now who has been thinking about killing themselves, what, what would you say to them? Don't. There's a whole other side. No, first of all, let me, I would say this. Please listen to me because I know how the mind of, an, of a suicidal person works because I was that person. So I'm telling whoever's listening to this who may be suicidal, it's not worth it. There's a whole a whole new world out there. All you got to do is change your perception of it. Be grateful for certain things. Things will get better. I promise you they will. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you are definitely loved. There's angels out there that are with you. So you're loved. There's no need to give up. And it sounds and like we all have need to love yourself. A lot of suicidal people think if they love themselves, they'll be like too arrogant or something. But no, it's OK to love yourself. You're supposed to. And we both uh, and and we all have our own guardian angels who are concerned and for our, yeah. our well-being and, and love yeah. us, too. Yeah. Yes. Chris, this has been very, uh, very good. I thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for um, having me on the show, man. Okay. <laughs> well, well, my thanks to Chris Batts for sharing his story and for his desire to help other young people who may be considering suicide. If any of the listeners would like to hear the show again or any of our past shows, just go to nderadio.org and click on the Past Shows button. And for more information on IANS and, and near-death experience, go to their website at iands.org. And join us again next Monday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>